0: No One Likes Us clothing is the clothing range designed by Millwall fans for Millwall fans. Caps, t-shirts, polos, they've got it all. Visit noonelikesus.co.uk for the full range. Or, if you're in Bermondsey on a match day, why not have a pint in the Blue Anchor pub and pick up a NOLU polo shirt, NOLU clothing, www.noonelikesus.co.uk.
1: You're listening
0: to Acton Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Bermondsey. Accept no substitute. Hello dear listeners, welcome to our regular Friday show. Something for the, for the weekend, sir, but today it's something for Friday night, sir, because we have a fixture at Norwich tomorrow night on, on Sky Television. Joining me to review what's been quite a remarkable week for Millwall uh, is our regular Co-host of the show, Mister Neil
1: Fisler. Welcome to the show, Neil. Alan, Nick, how are you going? Good, uh, good. Whenever, everybody. Good morning,
0: evening, afternoon, night, whatever, wherever yes, you well. you're <laughs> listening to in the world. It's a global yep. operation.
1: Good idea, didn't we? Because we're playing tomorrow night, and uh, otherwise, half of what we talk about would probably be quite useless by this time tomorrow.
0: I want to open up, if I may, um with the sad news. Neil this week of the passing of a, a Millwall legend. I think we've used that word a few times, and I think given the contribution that Bob Pearson has made to our club, I think I think that tag is, is appropriate for him. Um, he passed away this week in, um, very, very sadly. Massive,
1: massive figure in Millwall history. He was an absolute colossus in Millwall history. Uh, doesn't get the credit from the wider public that he actually deserves uh his contribution to millwall and to the play and to particularly the younger players that he brought through is immeasurable as we speak on our history podcasts about uh bob hunter Mm. and uh but when you talk about Bob Hunter. I think you've got to mention Bob Pearson in the same, if not in more hushed tones, than you do Bob Hunter. Because without, uh, well, without Bob Pearson, I don't think the club we certainly wouldn't have won the Youth Cup a couple of times, would we? Because I think he discovered most of those.
0: He discovered most of most Millwall players of the last. um, Well, he he arrived at the club in the late seventies, didn't he? As a I think he worked in the youth side initially and then progressed on to more general scouting, chief scout, I think, in in time. And as you say, I mean, for a club of our size and financial um, resources to win the FA Youth Cup, I think the second one, was that not beating Manchester City in the final? We beat Manchester United previously. I can't remember. We beat
1: Man City in the first one.
0: Man sitting the first one. I mean, it, it's these are these are much, much bigger names. And for us to pull off that twice over is a tribute to the the talent, uh, the sheer talent of the players that, that Bob unearthed. He was a scout of the old school, Neil, wasn't he? It's funny because you and me often poke fun at the um the statistics-based generations that we now live in, the expected goals and all those kinds of things. But Bob was your old school scout, based on feel and instinct and kind of sixth sense on a player.
1: Yeah, I think he he used to he used to discover the yeah like old all old school scouts. They would discover these people, and then they gently cajole the father into allowing them to to sign uh, to sign on the dotted line. Uh, discovered two of our. Best goal scorers in history. Uh certainly discovered Teddy Sheringham playing in a youth match when Mill yeah, yeah, took yeah. a team down to Leighton Stone and Ilford or Leightonstone Stone, whatever the guys was at the time. And a certain Mr. Harris, I believe he uh was
0: involved in in the in the signing. So there's there's how many is about 250 goals-ish between those two players alone that uh you know, second, third and top tier in, in, in Teddy's case. I mean, I, I tried to pick out some of the players. I mean, it, there's loads of listeners. I mean, younger listeners probably won't appreciate the, the sheer impact that Bob Pearson had on our club because he was a backroom figure. He, he really did shun the, the, uh, the limelight. He had no public persona, Neil, really, did he? I mean... I, all through the 70s, 80s, 90s. I mean, you're aware that Bob Pearson, is I think he was in the programme, named in the programme, but you wouldn't have said, unless you were involved or knew people on the inside of the club, he had no kind of public kind of, um, you know, uh,
1: projection of his his personality, as they never used to in those times. They've not known him, to be quite honest. Uncle Bob, Mm -hmm. as I think everybody, uh, as certainly all the players Knew him as Uncle Bob. Yeah, yeah. But I know that there's certain uncles that uh, that you like to avoid,
0: or <laughs> <laughs> well, some some um, that that are the opposite. I mean, I, I, there was a lovely um, tribute from Theo Pathetis on on Twitter um, with his own words, which I thought I'd take the liberty of just reading out um, because I think they they probably sum up the feelings of many many players. I've seen tributes to Bob from uh, Tim Cahill. Um, You know, uh, Paul Robinson, I saw earlier on. Uh, Richard, sadly, has mentioned him. Keith Stevens, I know he was was, another fine So, I mean, these names go on. But this tribute from Theo, I think, just captures it. Um, So, Theo is saying, following the sad news about the passing of Bob Pearce and the Mill backroom legend, uh, my friend and football mentor, I've shared a few words below, sending love to the family. And... Theo says here, I, I, I rehired Bob in my first week as chairman of Millwall FC. So you're going back to, what, 1997, I think, when Theo joined us. Um, and for me, he's a Millwall backroom legend. Not only was he chief scout during my time, um, but also my mentor when it came to players. He was an exceptional man with an exceptional football eye. We could never have reached our achievements without him, um, the club and I. I am a great debt and he'll be forever in my thoughts and have a place in my heart, rest in peace. Um, I mean, those are really nice words, I think, Neil, and it does give some measure of the man because, you know, you think of uh, the championship winning side in 2000, 2001, that was under Theo, where the club had come back from the brink of of extinction, let's be honest, Um, and to find and assemble players of the the calibre of Cahill. Harris, um, and then take us onwards through the uh, the, the brink of playoffs to the top flight, and then onto onto the cup final. All with the elements that Bob put together. So massive, massive figure in club history, and I hope that the club, in some way, mark his his contribution. I don't know how or whether they'll name some part of the ground after him, but something like that seems appropriate
1: to me. I don't know if you'd agree with that. I kind of agree with it, but I also think it should have been done a a long time ago if you got... if Yeah, no, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, you should be doing it a long time ago. I don't buy into this modern fad of when somebody dies all of a sudden, everything goes into meltdown and you suddenly remember the contribution and start naming things after someone. Yeah,
0: yeah, true. true.
1: I think if you're going to do this kind of thing, I'd much prefer it earlier rather than as as a tribute because those achievements have always been there Uh, yes they have um it's a modern quirk about football that i don't really buy into because yeah as i said those achievements have always been there and uh they should have been honored a lot sooner
0: i suppose this is the, the the downfall of every funeral I mean, we've only just had um, Phil Walker and I think his family were, in Phil's case, astounded at the amount of, um, let's use the word love, it can be a bit overplayed, but I think that's that's the level of affection and good memories. Same now with Bob Pearson, you only find this out when the person concerned has passed away. And I I often think at funerals, more generally, it'd be nice if you've just said, I think, if you could be finding this out whilst you're still alive, well, it might be quite nice. <laughs> but you don't; it don't work that way. Um, but there we are. We'll, we'll see on that score. I, I think it's. Um, I, I think it would be a nice touch by the club. I'm. I'm not going to um, speculate whether they will or won't do it. They've, they've done it in other situations, and I think Bob has. Bob Pearson made such a contribution to our club's history that um, if it's not appropriate for him, I don't know who, who it will be appropriate for. So we'll see. Um. But, yeah, some lovely tributes online. There's so many. I've not um, I've not got them all. I've just got one from Merv Payne, actually. It's, and I think he sums it up nicely, Neil. He says, It's impossible to put Pearson's contribution to the history of Mill Football Club into words. A unique individual who lived and breathed the club with an incredible eye for footballing talent and how to nurture it. R.I.P. Bob Pearson. I think that probably sums it up as best. I can't give, make, put any better words than that. Achtung, Millwall. Moving along, Neil. Um, utterly remarkable game on Tuesday night at the Liberty Stadium. <laughs> Millwall uh, 2, Swansea City 2, Millwall 2, uh, with two goals in the last dying minutes of, of added time. I've never seen anything quite like that before. Uh, certainly not from Millwall, That's that's for sure after a game that, let's be honest, we didn't deserve to um, to get much out of. We were just talking, Neil, off, off air, weren't we, about um, whether that was a good or a bad performance, and it's such a mixed bag. I find it quite hard to to assess it as a, as a, as a football match.
1: Yeah, like last Saturday, they ripped us a new one for the first 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, yeah, it was quite frightening, really, what would actually happen if we actually stopped giving teams a two-goal head start. That would be nice, yeah.
0: I, be nice. That's
1: what, the third game running that we've let teams go two goals up? I think we pulled it back on Saturday, didn't we? And uh, obviously we pulled it back uh on Tuesday night. But I think the alarm bells after ring in many respects that, We're switching off and we're giving ourselves a mountain to climb on the plus side. We are actually climbing that mountain by hook or by crook. It was a frustrating evening because you could see that things needed to be changed. And yet again, the reluctance to change things came a little bit too late for my liking. But ultimately, the manager was proved right, I suppose, because we ended up drawing two-two. Yeah, that's without a shot on target and the expected goals ratio or whatever. There's not- a great meme doing around, the isn't there,
0: about which team scored four goals and didn't win the match, and the opposite, the opponents didn't put one in the net. Um, two own goals, of course, listeners from from Tuesday night. Um, yeah, I mean everything you've just said, really. No, I mean you, you can't. You can't discuss this game on Tuesday and and previous performances, listeners. We, we've only just got out of the jail with um, uh, the game on Saturday against Coventry. We've come back from uh, from being behind there, two goals behind. We've got to stop giving two goals <laughs> away to the opponents. I mean, this is this is
1: this is I don't know. Is it basic? I don't know. Um, if we give two goals away against Norwich, <laughs> you know we're going to get buried. Yeah. yeah,
0: we nearly got buried Tuesday, Neil. I'm just looking at the. Uh, I took a few notes during the game. I mean, obviously, we're a goal down inside the first, uh, just over the minute mark with uh, um, a poor defence. This is what's bothering me from, from Tuesday night. We, we will come back to the good stuff, listeners, because we we do want to be fair in our assessment. But there was a lot of um, problem areas to, to pick up on, not least, Neil, the starting 11. I mean, some apart from Bury coming in up front, um, that was largely certainly the same back five. And they, they just looked disjointed. Players out of form that shouldn't be starting. Um, I didn't name them on Twitter because I don't want to be part of um, We'll come back to social media later, listeners. Um, but I don't want to be part of some kind of um, witch hunt on Twitter. But there are players in that back four that are out of form. I mean, uh, um, Cresswell and Malone leap out of me i'm just looking at the team now neither really ought to be starting at the moment that's not that's making them bad players neil but they're just out of form at the moment they need a rest they need dropping they need to get their heads together
1: yeah scott malone had a poor game on tuesday on uh on on saturday mm. i thought he was slightly lucky to start on tuesday and didn't really improve his form there and uh Creswell, well, I don't know what to make of him, actually. Apparently, he was going to be Superman. And he goes and sticks two in in the first game of the season. Yeah. And hasn't looked the same player since, to be quite frank. And uh, that that panic seems to spread across the whole of the back line in in the last couple of games, especially on Tuesday night. Murray Wallace, normally Mr. Dependable. Uh, didn't have the best game. He had yeah. Jake Cooper, another player that I rate very highly but isn't in any form. Danny McNamara was probably the best of a bad bunch, to be quite honest, and he's been out of sorts, out of touch, whether or not that was the contract or, or, or anything else but it just shows the fragility of our squad that uh we've got players badly out of form and we haven't got very much to come in because if you were to drop malone uh murray wallace yeah is murray a wing back i don't think so he's a bit too too gangly isn't he To to be a wing back and a
0: I mean, Malone's a good attacking when he's on form. Listen, he's a good attacking left-sided player, midfield. He's probably more of an attacker than he is he any be. kind of defender. Um, Murray is a good defender, but he's not any kind of attackers. <laughs> we, we need. We really don't. You
1: need <laughs> into one. We need
0: we need the Calmont Road Butchers Shop to um, produce a clone of the, of, the, of the two somehow.
1: They'd probably be worth
0: millions if um, if we could. Um, I mean, no, you, you know, you, you don't want to be just, um, dropping players and, and there's a balance to be struck between showing loyalty and building a team spirit rather than just like one bad game and you're out. Um, I think maybe Gary Rowett is at the limit of the loyalty, um, side of things. I think Chris, well, I don't know if he's on any kind of must play X number of minutes deal or, or whether that's part of it. Um, but we looked a lot better when Hutchinson came in into the back line. He came in for, was it Cooper he replaced, I think, on on
1: Tuesday. I can't remember if... Um, yeah, or came off as well.
0: Yeah. Um, so, it's defensively, we need sorting. Midfield, I think, at times, with, um, you know, Shackleton hit the crossbar, but he's looking a little bit like a, a little lost lamb out there at times. Um, I love Billy Mitchell, but I'm not sure that
1: good. Um, just like, let's you could do with a
0: rest, Neil. I think you could do with a rest. Um, maybe you know Savile's. If, if, I don't know what Savile's got to do to get a start if if he doesn't start tomorrow night at Kara Road. Um, Honeyman, obviously I like. Um, I like his industry. And um, uh, sometimes I think, um, you know, quality wise, he's, he's not gonna. Um, he's no Alex Ray quality wise, is he? But he does. He does keep running and keep running. Um, and he, he reminds me of a Jimmy Abdu in in that way. Um. But no, we were on the back foot. I mean, was looking at my notes, obviously, 1-0 uh, down inside two minutes, 2-0 two down on um, on 12. Again, we've, we've, we're just allowing players. We, we, this really bothered me on, on Tuesday night, nil, uh, allowing decent players. Swansea are not a bad side. They're a passing side, possession side. We're giving them time and space to run and shoot. No one challenging them. That's That's got to change. That can't be – we're not going to get through our old championship season doing that.
1: Yeah, no, I think it was the same. It was the same thing on Saturday, wasn't it? We were allowing them far too much time. Nobody got anywhere near the ball, mm. and certainly that second goal was a mistake. Again, uh, if I remember rightly, was it a ball right the way through the middle? I think the first one came banked and across. Was it the other way around? I can't remember. Uh,
0: let me have a look. What have I written here? First the Poor. This is number one. Poor defense again. Was Wallace at fault? Um, yeah, but
1: like, well, we he headed the ball back across the goal, wasn't it? And the second one, yeah. nobody picked the guy up. And then he I think he put a ball in between two defenders, did he? And the guy slid in.
0: He kind of twisted and turned. I got twisted. No pressure on the Swansea City striker. don't know his name. Twisted and turned. Easy shot. No pressure. Um, it's that. I mean, you know, you're going to come up against good players you're going to come, come up against good teams and they will turn it on against you. But all we can do is bring pressure to bear and get tackles in and, and make it semi-difficult, at least. And we, we were just... We gifted them a two-goal lead inside, um, you know, the opening the opening uh, quarter of the game. We were 2-0 down and they were looking pretty good on it as well. Um,
1: and, and I they, think... Believe how easy it was, I, yeah, well, I guess. And... Uh...
0: I don't know, it's, I mean, there was one ball, I mean it's, it's basic stuff, there was a ball, I think it was in the second half in fairness, where Scott Malone was passing passing the ball across his own penalty area, I think it was meant to be a clearance, but it was kind of, I, I didn't do that at Castle Coon Primary School listeners, I was told don't ever do that again, you know, that's that's you're giving the ball to the opponent in front of goal, um, so I don't know what's going on, there seems to be um a lack of confidence self-confidence cohesion I don't know what it is Neil but um no changes at half time I'm going to come back to the manager for the starting 11 I'm going to come back to the manager not changing at half time possibly wanted to um give uh, someone post online about giving players a chance to redeem themselves I don't buy that you need a you know, if you've got 45 minutes you want 45 minutes of your best possible 11 to start I don't get this not making change at heart, especially on such a such a poor first 45. Um, we did look a little bit better, but st- I've still got s- good saves from Bart in the early phase. It wasn't really to the substitutions we started to liven it up. Um, Cooper came in for Hutch, there we are. Shackleton for Serval. And Cresswell came out for Ryan Leonard. And from that point onwards, we started to create stuff, chasing a game with, in the last quarter,
1: two goals behind. Yeah, but what a tackle Ryan Leonard put in. Game, I, game changing, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that was when the guy went straight through. You thought, oh, God, here we go. And then all of a sudden, he chased him, caught him, and won the ball very cleanly and set us up. That was that was a brilliant time. I and mean, it was late,
0: late, late. That was we'd actually just got ourselves back what I took to be a consolation goal on 90. 90- Plus two, but I mean, earlier on from that, we've got the subs coming in, we've got handball shouts. Um, the referee, we will come back to refereeing, like, um, um, well, maybe we'll come to it now. The poor standard of refereeing because I know they've got the advantage on TV of slow motion replays, but in real time, they looked pretty good shouts. And he's standing there in front of them, so I don't, I don't entirely buy the, the, um, you know, the, the kind of uh, the, the advantage that TV offers, but they look pretty good. One of them looked or two of them, looked good handball shouts to me, and that would have given, given us more time to play with to get back into the game. Referee was very poor, Neil.
1: Gavin Ward, uh, I think you could probably count the number of good games. He has referee and Millwall on one finger. <laughs> yeah. He's just one of those people that you see his name down referee in the game three or four days before. He wince. He wince. Yeah. I mean, It's another Keith Stroud, isn't he? Another referee that that you get and you think just isn't going to do the right thing. It it reminded me in so many ways of Preston during lockdown when we went up there and we were denied two or three clear-cut penalties. I mean, punching the ball off somebody's head, clear-cut penalties. I'm not sure if it's an ego thing or... But he's got an assistant referee there, who's a qualified official. Hmm. Yeah, and certainly if he can't see it, uh, surely his assistant referee must see it. You can, you yeah, can, wasn't even yeah. One of them wasn't even blatant. The guy threw himself full like length, like a
0: goalkeeper's kind of block, wasn't it?
1: And uh, honestly, sometimes I don't know what you have to do to get a penalty. In this league, they're trying to use a bit more common sense. I wish they'd use a bit more common sense on handballs. I'm almost certain that VAR would have overturned those decisions, or, or, or yeah, for, or would, yeah, but actually forced the right decision. It's
0: uh, the eternal debate on VAR, isn't it? I mean, it's interesting. You and me again were just talking off air about the quite remarkable interview with Nigel Pearson. This is nothing to do with me, all listeners, but Nigel Pearson. Speaking in the aftermath, I think I can't. Was it Sheffield Wednesday? Is he managing at Sheffield Wednesday? No, we, Bristol, City. Bristol City, Um, after a you know their performance so again, refereeing performance, and he's talking about the poor standards of refereeing in the game, which is something which we can relate to big time at the end. But he's actually talking about giving up the game because he finds it that the, the integrity of the game itself is is corrupted if that's the right term by these these poor decisions. Because as he puts it his job depends on the incompetent decision-making of a referee. It shouldn't be out there. Fun, um,
1: there was a time when you knew that there were egotistical referees around. Uh Graham hmm. Uh Uriah Rennie's another famous one who never gave Millwall a bloody thing. Yeah. <laughs> you'd like to think that standards have improved. Okay, they're not... I don't think they're full-time in the championship, are they? I don't
0: think they are. I think they do other jobs. I think the Premier League are fully pro, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they are. You have to sign a contract with them. And uh, I think they're semi-pro in the championship. I think you've got to be...
0: You've got to you... pass X number of qualifications to get there, but you, you're
1: probably working for a living in... You yeah, we got the top... The the select group or whatever they're called then i think you've got a group below them and they referee in a championship and then i think you've got the ones below them that do the rest of the football league but honestly it's just exasperating that you pay all of this money and one man can't do his job properly it's it does border on incompetence but but yeah, I'm not sure what it is with Gavin Ward. Is it small man syndrome?
0: <laughs> it was. A, I mean, just on a side note, I found a, a, a yeah. I mean, there's an interesting piece of uh, this Miguel Delaney in the Irish Independent talking about refereeing, and he makes the counterpoint um, refereeing refereeing in its wider con- concept as a problem, in that very few people want to do it. Um, in his case, he's talking about the abuse and, um, you know, threats of violence and all that kind of thing that you get at, um, I'm guessing Sunday morning and and, and lower league levels of that kind. So, who would want to do it? I've never fully come up with an answer to that question
1: because um, Yeah, well, I did it for for 15-odd years in East Did you? Did you? Refereed on a Sunday morning, occasionally on a Saturday afternoon. It was just a way of keeping fit and yeah. Yeah. Well, not the best footballer in the world. Probably better at cricket than I am at anything else. But it was just a way of being involved. Yeah, keeping fit and or trying to keep fit. And uh yeah, I remember refereeing a team of Africans against a team of Jamaicans on Wanstead Flats. Like, <laughs> right man, anywhere near it, and it was like World War fucking Three. <laughs> That was an absolutely chaotic morning. I've done a couple of Turkish little on uh, <laughs> on the marshes, where at least once a kebab house changed <laughs> on the result. And uh, one Sunday morning, I turned up to Wadham Lodge in Walthamstow. Yeah, I know it, yeah. And a uh, certain Terry Hurlock turned up to play in the game I was refereeing oh blimey <laughs> he was playing for his brother's team Chingford Sirloin and, uh, <laughs> it was kind of oh blimey Terry O'Lock's here what's he doing the fucking hell it's Terry O'Lock <laughs> I believe he kicked a player up in the air at least twice and uh I said, Terrence, I said, you got to calm down. I'm a Millwall fan. I can't be going with booking. And this kid looked up at me. <laughs> oh, worry, I'm a Rangers fan. It's an honour. <laughs> oh, an honour
0: to be kicked by Mister Herlock.
1: Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. but no, it, it's so. Yeah, it was good to be involved, to be quite honest. And uh, but you can see, I've done. I I've done Essex County Youth Games where. I gave a penalty in the last minute and uh, walked off and was spat on by mothers and right, just oh, it's, bizarre, bizarre stuff. Yeah, you can see why people don't want to do it and why there's a bit of a crisis. But I think that yeah, it used to be that once you pass your exam, that was the end of your training. Right. So you never got anything more. It was just a question if you if, if you went for promotion. I went for promotion once and got it. Uh, in no small part to having a deaf assessor, so I booked nine players and uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, but this guy thought I had a brilliant game. I once ran a line involving uh, I turned up to watch a reserve game when I was a journalist, and the linesman didn't turn I ran a game in the right. full combination,
0: okay, right
1: against Tottenham and uh, QPR the year I was going promotion. That was uh. Eric Torfett was playing in goal and ran out at me saying, uh, do you think I'm a fucking cheat? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can't possibly come in.
1: <laughs> Get back in your goal, oh, you're out your depth, son. You don't know what you're up against
0: here. <laughs> I mean, certainly we saw some poor refereeing. I mean, none of these these articles changed the impact that, I think Nigel Pearson is making that his job and the jobs of others in the industry, but also fans' lives, uh, fans' fans' um, enjoyment of the game, not lives, but the enjoyment of the game depends on the decisions of people that often are error-prone, to say the least, and we, we saw
1: that. need your reaction on Sunday, didn't you, to, uh, to Anthony Taylor, uh, a guy who I haven't got much time for. I think he's not a particularly good referee, hmm. but... We have petitions going around. This guy cannot ever referee Chelsea again. It's a bit different to the uh, the Wunstead Flats. (laughs) People (laughs) acting like uh, some kind of spoiled muck. Selling a little or a lot? Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash
0: ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Let's talk about some of the positives from Tuesday night. We, we've, we've, we've probably dealt with the, the falling short part of the game, Neil. Um, was, there was plenty of listeners. You know that if you watched it. Um, On the plus side, um, I love the introduction of Vogel, Sam. I thought he made a big difference when he came into the game, which was in the uh, the 74th minute he came in for Billy Mitch and made an immediate impact. We suddenly looked like we had a bit of an idea up
1: front, someone willing to do stuff and be be involved in the game. It's good to see. Yeah, it's it's just a shame it came a little bit too late. I'd quite like to have seen him slung on at half time. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. See what he could do. Uh, yeah, well, he hit the bar, and uh, I That's thought, had, yeah, well, I thought he got too much elevation on the ball, but to get the ball on top of the bar from from as wide as he was. That was a brilliant, brilliant move. Ability there, isn't yeah, it? I mean, You're yeah, on. I
0: mean, if you see it on the, you know, listeners can see it on the YouTube, probably way ahead of us doing, we're recording this on Thursday, but it was a brilliant chance. I mean, it really took me out of my seat when in the moment I thought, wow, you know, that. But the willingness to to take that on is the kind of thing. Along with Tyler Bury, was another positive from Tuesday night for me, and his willingness to make runs and take chances and 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 go, you know, dicing with the football gods. That's what we're going to be needing because we don't have Jed to do it anymore. So we need players willing to take a risk. And I like the look of Vogelsang, uh, oh. And hmm? yeah,
1: who you who don't we have anymore? Jed, Jed Wallace. Yeah, who's like, <laughs> he? He's, he's taking
0: me for a lemon, listeners. I thought maybe the line had broken down or something, and I thought, "Oh God, I'm gonna have to edit this bit out." I might leave it in just because he's such an arse. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, you know, to be honest, I think that I think that Tyler Fury's had a very good couple of games. Mm one thing i do want him to cut out is the diving please 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 stop going down like john marquis in the penalty area mate you ain't gonna get us anything and i think he's been booked twice already this
0: booked Saturday um and he's gonna get a name and that's what you don't and,
1: want no uh, and it'll be like Wilfred Zaha down at the Nigels isn't it every time yeah goes down in the box, even if it's legitimately hacked down, yeah. Yeah, you're
0: probably
1: not going to get it. You're not going to get it, but it's just one side of his game that I think somebody ought to tell him that down at Millwall, yeah, we're not going to get penalties legitimately, so you definitely ain't going to get one. Going so down. You've got to
0: be point. really good. You've got to study at the feet of Dennis Wise to get that right. And um Tyler's a long way short on that front. Um before he's gonna, you know, get his professorship of uh of, of the dark arts. Um 90 plus one, Tyler clipped it over the bar. Oh I felt, god, here we are. Still two-nil down, five five minutes of um added time, and I must admit, Neil, at that point, two-nil down. Last four minutes, I thought we've you know we were all sharpening our knives to I mean Harry was uh probably getting his speech ready for for uh, you know Gary Brown at this and Gary row at that, but then it all turned around, didn't it, with that
1: own goal? Yeah, well I was gonna join him to be quite honest because I thought that it just showed a tactical ineptitude. Yeah, I agree. At, uh that he's got this He's got this uh, five at the back thing, and he will not change it. And you're screaming, come on, we're 2-0 down. Just try something. Try something a little bit different. Think outside the box. Stop being so robotic. And and to be honest, I would have joined in with Harry's uh, speak. I mean, it, was,
0: it would have been justified at that point because it had been an, an appalling performance. Let's, I mean, we've livened up a little bit with Vogel Summer and we hit the crossbar. Twice, but you know, that, that doesn't give the full picture. It was it, the game was adrift at that point. Um, a cross comes in from Danny Mack and it gets touched in by the Swansea City defender from close 90 plus two. You think to yourself, really, at that point, the old consolation goal might be a few rattly few last minutes, but probably it just puts a bit of a gloss on a, an otherwise poor performance. But lo and behold, um, I, I, I must admit, when that second goal went in. In the last dying seconds, I, I, I yelped. I don't know what the rest of the close round here made of it, but my
1: um, wife thought I was having another heart attack downstairs. Yeah, but the neighbours, I had all the windows open because it was open. one of the neighbours actually came and put their head through the window because I was going that mad. <laughs> <laughs> and again, um, another own
0: goal. I, I, I thought Beery got it, but it was only it credited as an own goal. Um, it bundled
1: yeah, over from right. Yeah, it was definitely an own goal. But yeah, no, you know, you know, Plymouth are getting spanked by the spotters, and we're, um, well, we're, going, <laughs> and yeah, well, I'm going absolutely loopy at, the, at Millwall for equalizing. It, it, it glossed over a, free, a few things, but I'm a firm believer you get what you deserve. The ball goes in the opposition net twice, and the ball goes in our net twice. Well, then you get a point because you deserve a point. Well, you do. We had this conversation,
0: didn't we? Is to it was a mixed bag of a game, listeners. Mostly, it wasn't all that good. But then, you pull back a two-goal lead, you force the issue, and you know, give something for those. I don't know how many fans went down there. Maybe two or three hundred. I don't know. It was a midweek, a difficult game to get to and from. But gives them something to to
1: lash onto on that long journey home. You
0: now, and that that's journey. what it's all about.
1: Yeah. Well, it makes that journey back to wherever oh. you're going back to from Swansea at ten o'clock at night. Hell of a lot easier to do, doesn't it? I'll yeah yeah well I was awful calling for Gary Rabbit to personally write an <laughs> <little> apology <laughs> to everybody. And uh, yeah well I don't go down the refund route but uh but well I thought they owed yeah they certainly yeah, they certainly deserved a beer in one of the new bars for going down there, didn't they?
0: They certainly did. And it, it's just, it forced, I mean, the, the videos afterwards, of the fans going bananas, the, the, the management bench going bananas, some wonderful, I don't know if you've, one of the little subplots of the night is these disappointed Swansea fan videos you get on the, in the modern kind of social media scene, where they've been moaning the fact they've given up a two-goal lead and how awful it all is and how poor it is. Some wonderful, wonderful videos out there of uh, disappointed Swansea City fans.
1: <laughs> yeah, but well, then they wake up yeah, well, then they wake up the following morning and they're still in Wales. It doesn't <laughs> work really, was <laughs> it? But it's <laughs> sorry, <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, we we'll leave that in we'll have a bit of yeah, well, that was an open net, which obviously...
0: <laughs> Slammed the ball into, like Tyler did on Tuesday.
1: Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, well, unlike, uh, yeah, well, unlike Benneka-Phobia, I don't think he's had a chance in any of the games we've played so far this season, I think. But, uh, no. but that's another aside. And also, something else that I couldn't get was Millwall fans celebrating outside when the second goal went in. Well, they left. They left. <laughs> Why would you? go all of that way and then i never understand why people leave a ground early i don't know yeah you pay for 90 minutes football the game of football is 90 minutes long plus your injury time yeah 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 you don't leave a film before the end do you, you don't leave a concert before the encore. call um you know people come up with a variety of excuses there was a guy and his uncle used to sit behind me in the in the east stand and he always used to leave 10 minutes before the end on a saturday afternoon (laughs) i said to him what's this about oh i've generally got a function to go to function (laughs) i always thought it was to get like get a seat on the bus or yeah well it is or yeah no on the train or whatever why why, why do you go there in the first place yeah, but I don't want to wait an hour for the train. Uh, yeah, why have you gone there then? <laughs> what's the fucking point? Honestly, you do not. I it's just something. And then somebody said, "But what happens if you six nil down? Well, then I'd stay around to abuse them." Yeah, <laughs> you never
0: know what you're going to see. I mean, you have you've paid to watch a sporting event. I, I get that if the result's way out of touch, then you're not going to see a turnaround. But no, I, I, I've never held in with it. I don't understand it. Um, and even at 2-0, I mean, yes, the odds are against you. I mean, I thought the odds were well against us on Tuesday night, but I don't get why in Swansea. Well, how much time are you going to save? Are you going to get like an extra out of the car park, that little bit quicker? I, I don't know what, what goes through people's heads.
1: Yeah, maybe, I think somebody had a McDonald's in their hand. When yeah, they... big deal. Because you, know, <laughs> you can't get that after 10 o'clock then. Maybe you can't yeah, in Swansea. Honestly, it just, I don't... Yeah, maybe somebody can explain. Yeah, no, well, people come up with reasons, but maybe, maybe somebody could talk me around and why you should. I I can't ever recall leaving a game early. Actually, Nick, uh, um, I'm trying to think when. Well, I... Yeah, there isn't one that I can openly remember leaving a game early. The only one that springs to
0: mind where I left marginally marginally early was the 2002 uh, playoff against Birmingham when the goal went in from Stern John. Um, I think in, in in the moment, I'd kind of had my ex-partner's boy with me at the time and I I said, come on, James, we're going to go, make a move. And I, I think that was just more sheer disappointment rather than any of those kinds of, I've got to go and get, get back to the car. And it was just uh, being downcast. And that's the only time I can remember ever doing that. Otherwise, no. Um, I can't think of any other time I've left the game early, off the top of my head, anyway.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. well, I don't understand it. It's just one of those things you pay for 90 minutes football, sit through 90 minutes football. I know there are you know, know people that will walk out at half-time because it's valuable drinking time. But, uh,
0: yeah, I don't go to the football for a drink, you know, um, but
1: yeah, we go to football to watch football. So you watch 90 minutes football. But that's maybe just, maybe I am I just look upon things differently. And Well, yeah, well, I do know that I look upon things differently to other people. And I know as Millwall fans, we often look upon things a lot differently to other people. Each to
0: their own. But yeah, no, it's, 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 I find it quite odd. I mean, certainly in that case, you've missed one of the best comebacks that I can remember in a very, very long time as a Millwall fan. I can't think of many games where we made two goals from from scratch um, so late in the game with such little time to play with. So it's noteworthy from that point of view. We've got to stop giving away two-goal leads, Gary, if you're listening. uh, I hope you are listening. We'll be back after these messages. Achtung, Achtung. Millwall. No One Likes Us clothing is the clothing range designed by Millwall fans for Millwall fans. Caps, t-shirts, polos, they've got it all. Visit noonelikesus.co.uk for the full range. Or, if you're in Bermondsey on a match day, why not have a pint in the Blue Anchor pub and pick up a NOLU polo shirt, NOLU clothing, www.noonelikesus.co.uk. Welcome back to Nick and Neil's uh, Something for the Weekend for a Thursday edition this week. <laughs> <That's so cool. laughs> I don't think of a better title for it than that. Um, apparently, we're not done in the transfer window, Neil. Gary Matt Rowett saying he still wants to add one more player to his squad, presumably another forward. Um, no hint on the uh, London News Online, Richard Corey. No hint as to who that might be, but he's saying he's not done in the transfer market, which is interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I think he might need to add a left-back.
0: <laughs> that would be nice, given the, given that Scott Malone does look off the pace at the moment. Yeah, uh,
1: no, it, it, I think we, we still need something, don't we? I'm, I'm not sure, he, he, is he, is he going to go for youngster from a Premier League club?
0: Possible, possible.
1: Um, I don't like it if
0: these Premier League loans... Um, and I've got no evidence to support this, but if they do have you-must-play-X number of games tags to it, because that doesn't give us the choice as to fielding our best team possibly. I'm a little bit worried about Cresswell at the minute, and to some extent, Shackleton, I think, has had blown a bit hot and cold. Um, And I don't know if they've got you-must-play clauses in their contract. There are uh...
1: contracts like that. Yeah, but I think that Premier League clubs look upon it, well, we're lending you these players, for experience. So you've got yeah. a mix Yeah, but it's a strange one. If you didn't have that, would you get the standard of player that mm. yeah. would be offered? Or that... I know that we were looking at Rory Dillap's son, weren't we? Uh, Liam Dilap, is it? Who's yeah. uh, just joined his dad at Stoke. There was also uh, somebody called Davis, is it, uh, from Aston Villa, who I think went to Watford. So there are plenty of these strikers knocking around, although you could end up with a Troy Parrott, who who I think joined us a little bit too early in his career. Yeah, he's, he's he
0: he's scored for, is he Milton Keynes now he's playing for? I think I saw him right. score decent goal the other day. Yeah, he no,
1: um, scored the other day. He, he, he was at Milton Keynes last season. Right, um, Preston. Okay.
0: Um, well, well, we'll see on this transfer front. I mean, I, I really like the look of Vogel Summer. Um, yeah, no. inter- Right. Interesting once we get some fitness back to to uh, Zian Fleming and and um, possibly Tom Bradshaw. I, I read that they're healing quickly, so let's hope that we can get them back into the mix. Um, and I, another, let's let's so, see who. Gary Rowett can come up with. I must say the quality of the the deals seems to have been pretty good. I've not seen any real duds that have come in in the little bit that we've seen of this season. Some other good news here, just reading on on London news listeners, Tyler Bury and Isaac Alofi are part of Gary Rowett's plans. He's not planning to loan either of them out, which is good to hear, especially in Tyler's case. I think he's been one of our few bright sparks of the season so far. So both of those will be given Millwall chances certainly this side of of the um
1: it's a score i think nothing that will be a big
0: moment when he does nil
1: he 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 comes on he he's got he's got a lot of pace okay i think his first touch at times you know his first touch is his second touch i think in a couple i think a couple of times but uh but you just want the lad to score, don't you? You just want him to get off the mark and get up and running. I do. We'll get a bit of
0: success. Get, get it going. Get the ball, get the thing going for, for Isaac. I think there's a good player in there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. There is a player in there and I'm glad we're not going to loan him out. I think, I think we've got to a stage now where we can't keep on loaning him out and expecting him to come back and will he, won't he? This is it now. You've got to... 22, 23 or whatever he is. And you've got to see how good he is. And so far, apart from a goal, but then again, you could say the same about a phobie. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't scored, I don't think, yet this season, has he? So not yet. No, not yet. You just want the lad to score a goal, anything. Just banks winning off your knee. Just do just do some. I think everybody's willing him to do well and we do like seeing our, our, our homegrown players do well and we haven't got the biggest squad in the world so
0: no hang on in their eyes it's good to hear that we're, we're going to keep holding, and give him some game time um to whatever level um and us hope for that first goal i think that will be the start of something um, one of the um, I've had a few messages over the recent weeks, and then when since we started doing these something for the weekend show suggesting that we look at the opponents, um, in this case, Norwich City on, on Friday night. I'm not sure I can be bothered <laughs> as a
1: preview, I can't be asked for that, can you? Now, well, I'll give us a very simple fact about Norwich the last time we that we won up at the budgie cage. <laughs> was, uh, 11 days before I was born. <laughs>
0: 1960, something. 1968. 68. <laughs> Harold Wilson was the Prime Minister. Um, here's a preview. They won on Tuesday night versus Huddersfield. They played four, one, drawn one, lost two. Um, that's the end of the preview. I, I mean, it's not really that kind of show, Neil, is it? It's
1: not... No, well, yeah, well, somebody's going to win. Hopefully, it's going to be us. Yeah, <laughs> you can't get a train back, or can you get a train back? Eh? Uh,
0: you're driving it, it'll be, it'll be, it's quite a traveling support, but it'd be going by motorized transport.
1: Yeah, there, a I of money from the parachute payments. Uh, they've got one or two good players. Uh, we've always
0: struggled there. See, clearly, since 1968, we've struggled at Caro Road. Um, you've
1: got a guy called Timo Puki up front, they used to play at a grand called the Nest, which one of my favorites grand names ever yeah ramshackled apart from that they all speak funny and it's a bit of a shit hole what else do you want to know (laughs) i've always found it
0: a very nice club it's they're just nice oh please they are it's it's a nice nice part of the world and they're nice (laughs) it's not like coming to the den when you go there is it come on let's let's be Let's be on. Let's move along. Let's, let's, we've dwelt too long on the opponents. It's not you don't tune into this show for for previews of the opponents, listeners. I'm very very sorry. Go elsewhere.
1: They have been go
0: elsewhere. <laughs> um, play. I, I, just one thing I picked up on the official side is by the by, listeners, player sponsorships. Do you remember in the old when well, the old days when we had match day programmes, Neil? There always used to be a thing that you could sponsor your player for the year. Uh, you pay three, four hundred pounds out, and you got your name in the program. and I think you got some tickets for the exec club, got a bit of lunch, and you got to shake hands with your boy and get his match ball
1: or, or shirt or something. They give you something. It's done yeah, quite nicely. You shirt in a frame, didn't they, that cost one pound fifty and probably fell
0: off. <laughs> it was used to give me a pen. Whenever we did, we used to do it on the fanzine. Uh, no one likes us occasionally we'd do it. And um, it was just to get like a mill pen. Which one's a pen? <laughs>
1: And they're pushing the bow out then, weren't
0: they? <laughs> well, he's had that, and there's some really poor stand up comedian type who'd sing awfully and sit tell awful jokes and mingle. Um, he did like the uh, I can't don't know the chap's name, probably doing him better, not so, against anymore in case I
1: get some feud going or something with someone at the club. So. Somebody and then somebody cancel <laughs> the pod map, heaven, bloody. <laughs>
0: So I haven't done it for years, but it just struck me that they're advertising players' sponsorships, and there you can now add, sponsor their third and uh, training kit. You can sponsor everything, but in the absence of a match day program, what's the point? Who knows? You've done it. It's
1: at the point of it will pop up on the screen, won't it? Spons- oh, sponsored by maybe. Yeah, well, I always, uh, yeah, but it always got me. I, uh, I think I was watching Millwall and Derby a few years ago. And the substitute was sponsored by, yeah. <laughs> and the corner, a corner sponsored by. Um, uh, it was
0: Dean Wilson used to sponsor our corners. The funeral, the funeral directors.
1: Yeah, yeah but I'm not going to go down the obvious route of <laughs> uh, corner sponsorship. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it just seems it just seems that nothing's sacrosanct. And you're right. Uh, yeah how do you, how do people know that you've, you've spon- sponsored them like, I don't know on the big screen when somebody scores and but it's fleeting it oh, maybe you can put it on the um
0: the uh the side uh, advertising boards maybe you can do it but nothing uh I, I, it's a funny thing because um occasionally when you buy a program or get a program you'd look at the sponsored names and you'd, you'd be sometimes be names that you know or people that you know. Companies that are just regulars year in, year out, wishing um, whoever, Neil Harris, all the best for the coming season from the, the block free posse. Or I don't know, all this kind of thing, you know, and they become part of your match day routine, your experience. And now we don't have a programme. I can't see what the point is in sponsoring a player other than if you want to give Millwall 400 quid. Lay out on a big show for yourselves and friends in the exec lounge. You know, it, it do not work
1: anymore, does it? No. A uh, uh, curious fact, I, when I worked on the Crawley Observer many years ago, I sponsored Damien Webber's kit for a season. That was before he joined Millwall. Yeah, we can't blame them for wanting to get some money in.
0: Absolutely not. But it's just the hook, the, the point, the purpose... You
1: know, you, what recognition do you get? They stopped doing the program, and yeah, what do you get? A, a shout out on Twitter or something like that. I don't know.
0: Don't know. There is a link if you want to do it, listeners. And let, let's let's not be coy. Um, the more money Mill can get, the better it is for um, the club. Generally, there's a link on the um, on the website to sponsor your favorite Mill player. It ain't cheap, but anyway, they, they, go go find it. Seek it out if that's your. If that's your thing. Um, to close us, Neil, um, I thought we'd touch upon the the, <laughs> the fruit world of social media <laughs> and a very strange, um, amusing, laughable. Um, what other words can I bring to bear? Pathetic. Um there was a poll. There's, there's, a, there's a Twitter account called Mill Polls. I don't know who runs it, so I'm, I'm certainly got no problem with whoever um, sets well,
1: up the mill. Who runs it, yeah? It's. <laughs> Stop me in my tracks, that is.
0: <laughs> I was trying
1: to be all diplomatic. <laughs> Absolutely screwed diplomatic with morally <laughs> favourite Millwall fan channel. Yeah, <laughs> because we're walking away with that result. Here's the thing, listeners. There, there
0: was there was a there was a poll put on there it was to choose your favorite podcast. Um, I didn't. I don't like this kind of stuff personally. I'm I'm uncomfortable with it. Um, but anyway, there it was, and you had the choice between us. You had that middle podcast. You had no one likes us talking and Dan's Lions Television, the YouTube channel, and. It was running quite normally. Um, I think there'd been about 500 votes. We were we were leading it. We had about 40 something percent. I think Dan had made a, a surge. Was in in the in the low 30s. He'd, he'd kind of made it come building a nice little total. That Mill podcast was um, below 20 percent, and no one likes us talking um was was down on on five or six percent they were the green party of this poll <laughs> <laughs> it's i mean it's purely unscientific stuff as they used to say on um on question time and then suddenly out of nowhere um that middle podcast acquired 800 votes in five minutes
1: um which... Via somebody's yeah, via somebody's credit card, because let's be honest, you didn't know this could happen. But you can actually buy votes for Twitter polls for about well, you can buy votes. You can you can
0: you can buy You can you can generate boosters. I, I remember when we did the uh, the the uh, the Lewisham protest, we needed to maximise the reach of, of everything we were doing. Everything was designed to try and get as loud a... A, a bigger splash as possible on the, on the posts, on Twitter, on, on social media. And there was a thing that I remember that um, we did was called Thunderclap, which apparently was stopped by Twitter because it was open to abuse because we kind of abused it ourselves a little bit by by getting people to repost and repost. At a certain point, it went as a kind of a global... um all oh, yours. <laughs> but, but the intention there, Neil, was, was to try and do that some... bit. Yeah. Do some good. that. We were trying to keep Mill Football Club in right. the den, basically. Yeah. And, and would, oppose, oppose yeah. Lewisham. Oppose in that case opposing Lewisham and opposing the big money that that, that they were in, in cahoots with. Um I felt that was an appropriate thing to do because to some extent you're distorting you know, but anyway, there we are, distorting the the Twitter market, so to speak. And that was its purpose. But I didn't know that you could buy you can go on, there are websites out there, listeners, where if you want to post um, an advertisement or, on, or something on Twitter, you can buy things that boost its, pay a little uh, sum of money and it maximises the um, the numbers that you can get. And that seems to be what happened on, on in the week with this poll, Neil. For what purpose? Why would you do that?
1: Yeah, well, you can buy followers on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch for about, twenty dollars per however many well whoever it was their ego couldn't take it could they they're probably very socially insecure (laughs) (laughs) and uh, they just couldn't take yeah their ego just couldn't take whatever position they were going to finish in university yeah, we don't know who was behind.
0: I don't know who done it. I mean, it certainly took the bit of fun part out of of it, such as there was. I, I, as I say, I, I began this poll when it was posted by Mill Polls. Very, I found it very uncomfortable to start off with. We were in the lead, and thank you to everyone that voted for us. Um, yeah, it isn't
1: right. Yeah, we are the best uh, <laughs> fan channel out there. Yeah, you you've you got taste. Yeah. Yeah. The, re-
0: the reason we do this, the reason that, that that I started doing this podcast and it's developed in the way that it has over many many years now, is like the fanzine listeners, and those might not know that what we used to do a fanzine. But I I, I ask um, I ask the likes of Neil here and the chaps on, on on all of the shows that we do, everyone that contributes in any way to this show is doing it because of a let's speak openly a love of Millwall. You, you're here because you want to have your say but you love the club and you want to promote it and the this show makes a little bit of money don't make fortunes i'm not going to go to um the caribbean on the strength of, uh, you might of be to sponsor a player <laughs> well i mean you can tell how much money we make listeners because we donate the money straight over as it comes into my bank account it gets donated straight back out again to uh the food hub because that's what i feel is an appropriate charitable calls i can ask neil who works for a living and and, and harry and then and, and michael and mike and aaron all the people that contribute to the show do it because they're doing it for nothing effectively i i can't take the money and then ask someone else to come in on my show and talk whilst i what coin the coin the um trouser the the, the, the revenue it's got to, it's got to be done for better purpose than that so we donate it to uh, in in this for this, this last couple of seasons to charity we've done others in the past but now it's the the food hub which i think is a pretty good cause that's why we do it yeah, this
1: um, is, yeah but this is the modern podcast uh, sorry yeah but this is the modern fanzine isn't it this is the yeah it is it is yeah you've seen a fanzine yeah and i get involved with nick because i feel <laughs> yeah well, i'm quite right wing in my thinking and my phone, oh, yeah you know, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, well, but that will come as a, yeah, well, come as a, sh- a surprise to a few. Yeah. But to be honest, I will do it because I feel very strongly about food poverty. And I don't believe I think it's embarrassing that a country such as ours has food poverty. And I agree I, with that. I agree with that. Yeah. You know, I get involved because of the wonderful work that Kelly does and her team do in our local community yeah and uh these podcasts this is what well we're recording this we started at half past 10 didn't we yeah on the thursday i've got plenty of work to be doing yeah uh and the history podcasts that we do they sometimes take three or four hours to to research half hours worth of material and you do it because yeah okay yeah yeah there is a bit of ego go involved yeah but also the overwhelming factor is that we're raising money for a brilliant cause and that's uh, that's
0: that's why we do it um that's why we'll carry on doing it Um, i just found it a really weird thing that people can be so
1: fragile in their so um insecure is what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Or you to, 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 don't to start the poll in the first place. Yeah.
0: yeah, and and you know, just get a get a sense of perspective. It just amused me greatly.
1: Um especially as they actually left off a couple of other fan channels. Tone yeah. you have a tone TT, top Um there's a young boy on YouTube that
0: I saw does some pretty good stuff. Um uh, Milt, tube, I think he calls it. If that's where you go, I, I don't really watch the YouTube stuff but um what we do here is something you can listen to when you're driving um walking running gym going
1: on the train whatever it's, it's, a, it's a longer form thing um yeah you'll probably crash listening to some of my views but there you go an h and you're yeah, well, when he starts on the yeah i always
0: Within within reason, within, you know, we, we I, I'm open to listen to anybody. Um, you know, some people get certain views of, of, of contributors and what they say and what they think. But that's you want to range. You, want to, you don't want to be bored. And If you're bored listening to the same people, the same things over and over, then easiest thing in the world is not to listen to the show. But um, we try and keep it as interesting as we can do. And I hope that's how it will continue for the future. Um, I think we've probably said enough on social media, Neil, don't you? Yeah, as we probably Is there anything else you wanted to
1: say before you leave us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we'll get a I might have to get the libel lawyers on this. One. <laughs> I, don't... I don't, yeah, but I don't think there's anything libelous in there. Was <laughs> we? We've only stated some facts, haven't we? The who's behind that account if you want to hide. <laughs> you're behind that account stop retweeting bloody one particular podcast and then yeah well we do know because there are people that do know who's behind it and they obviously they tell us things and I think
0: that we've probably done enough for one day Neil you have just...
1: done enough damage yeah. of enough... a <laughs>
0: i think you probably have mate but there we are big thank you neil Fischler. thank you for joining taking time out of your day mate really appreciate it
1: yeah no problem at all mate.
0: and thank you to you too dear listener for um for uh listening thank you to the 800 people that voted in the poll um all, <laughs> all got together in five minutes <laughs> I <I'm
1: gonna> stop. <laughs> enough 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 well, me or Yeah, of a tower hamlet's council will be we, yeah we'll be in <laughs> Kim Jong Un
0: meets Tower Hamlets and teaches him a lesson. There we are. I'm going to stop there, listeners. Or even Dirty Millwall. Bye for now.
1: You have been listening to Achtung Millwall.
0: Please do leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. Danke schon.
1: Up the lines.